Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a look back at uh, actually about the last hundred years. What happened to our newspaper business? Now let's start with the simplest thing. Newspapers need readers. If children aren't learning to read, newspapers will struggle to survive. What could be more obvious? You might think, as a simple matter of survival, newspapers would do anything possible to promote literacy. They should lavish front-page praise on methods that work and shout criticism at methods in schools that don't work. But newspapers don't seem to care. Go to the websites of major papers in the U.S. and search the terms physics or reading. You'll find almost no articles in any year, and you probably won't see even one article where a newspaper demands that local schools do a better job. Newspaper editors pretend not to notice the illiteracy crisis and thereby aid and abet one of the country's major problems. The situation, by the way, is dire. According to the National Assessment of Educational Progress, NAEP, two-thirds of students are below proficient. That's pretty bad. Forty or fifty million Americans turn out to be functionally illiterate. These marginal readers will obviously not be buying newspapers. Now let's look at a minute at the American Society of News Editors, ASNE. This group has a high-sounding list of principles. Article 1 states, open quote, The primary purpose of gathering and distributing news and opinion is to serve the general welfare by informing the people and enabling them to make judgments on the issues of the times. Yes, that sounds so obvious, doesn't it? The people desperately need to be informed about best practices in reading instruction, but they are not. The media all too often have stopped doing the job they themselves claim to do. Instead of in-depth journalism, we have spin, censorship, and silence. Literacy and education generally are glaring examples. Now note the contrast. Most American newspapers, once they embrace a policy, will run article after article relentlessly pushing their views on global warming, felon rights, women in combat, etc. My local paper, during one year, ran dozens of items arguing that voter fraud is not important, which is simply not true. Meanwhile, this paper didn't carry even one article arguing that reading is important. Even if an article seems to state the obvious, that reading is essential, you will then find that the article is nullified by disclaimers and counterattacks from the educational establishment contained inside the article. For anyone who's paying attention or maybe just subconsciously, now here is a good example of an article that dismisses itself. A headline in the New York Times, this was back in 2002, seems to be headed in the right direction. Open quote. Education bill urges new emphasis on phonics as method for teaching reading. Close quote. Then, to guarantee that no one is actually steered in that direction, the paper intersperses a bunch of professor, professorial put-downs. Here is an example. Open quote. 
While, while the report emphasizes that reading text and understanding it is the ultimate measure of a technique's effectiveness, Dr. Garin noted the most, that most studies of phonics examined only isolated skills like word recognition rather than comprehension or fluency. Dr. Garan found that phonics had no statistically significant impact on tasks requiring authentic application. Authentic is one of those words they use when they actually mean the opposite. Now what we won't find in these counterattacks is a lucid defense of the failed method they're usually trying to push, i.e. hold word. This method forces children to memorize words as designs or sight words aka high-frequency words, almost no one can learn to read this way. When these experts first introduced Luxay 75 years ago, the working premise was that children could memorize 600 sight words each year. This turned out to be as crazy as say that, saying that children can learn to fly. Today, teachers will tell you that memorizing even 100 sight words in a year is very difficult. If a child does spend two or three years memorizing a few hundred sight words, this achievement can end up sabotaging real phonetic reading for the rest of that child's life. That's the secret crime against children. Summing up, schools won't teach reading properly. Millions of kids are afflicted by this incompetence. The percentage of people in this country who can enjoy a book, understand an instruction booklet, or learn from a newspaper is becoming smaller and smaller. Illiteracy is cultural suicide for a country and business suicide for the newspapers and other media. What has your local newspaper done for reading lately? Not much is a safe bet. Now I want to close with a confession. For many years I misjudged the newspaper people. I thought they were like me or I was like them and they were the good guys truth is they are a big part of the problem. Ever since the education establishment took over the schools circa 1932, or they took over at least the reading part, and outlawed phonics, dumbly, the media people have hung back dumbly, looking in all directions as if there might be an answer out there somewhere. Precisely because we depend on the media and because we credit them with more intelligence than they have, it's heartbreaking to be betrayed by these weasels. Strangely enough, letters to the editor may be the last portal to real journalism. Please send in your comments, suggestions to your local paper. Tell your experiences with illiteracy as a parent, as a teacher, and or as a student. Other people will see their experiences in your experiences, and the circle of understanding will grow larger. That's what we need. Thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene. So many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. Two, by doing that we will have better schools at less cost. Three, nothing much changes decade to decade. 
the big questions of the 1930s with the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education, but the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff, and that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four. The big brains in education keep telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, comma, the great guitarist, is much smarter. He said, the beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. Five, Lennon's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it. Six, if we are going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of subeducated students from K right through college. Seven, analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. Finally, P.S. My book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site, improve-education.org, with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here. And I have hundreds of articles on the Internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.